know the power of the dark side. I'm not a baby, I'm a man. I am an anchor man. Is this a kissing book? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Hello and welcome along to episode 5 of series 3 of Just Like in the Movies brought to you by gkmedia.ie providing digital content and marketing solutions for SMEs throughout Ireland and the UK. Every week our podcast explores and discusses what is happening in the Irish film industry and beyond. I'm your host Gary Kelly and joined as always by Lisa Tracy. Hi there. And Dave Coyne. Good afternoon, good evening and good night. Good morning. The movies we are looking at this week are Fighting With My Family and The Aftermath. And we'll also be having a little discussion as well as what is happening in the world of entertainment and showbiz this week. First up, though, let's talk about Fighting With My Family. Oh. <laughs> Sorry about that. Rock, rock, rock. We're huge fans. Thank you so much. We've been fans since you had hair. Oh, thank you. Hey, it's a choice. It's a <laughs> damn good one, too. See you guys. Rock, rock, rock. Yo. We're wrestlers as well, actually. We're actually doing the tryouts today. Oh, cool. What advice would you give us if if we want to... Win over the crowd. Win, win over the crowd. What are your names again? My name. Exactly. It doesn't matter what your names are! You walk around here interrupting the rock you like you haven't seen the sun in 20 years? You like you just stepped out of Oliver Twist? Please, sir, may I have some more advice, sir? You want some advice? Here's the rock's advice. Shut your mouth! What you want, what you want. How about what The Rock wants? The Rock wants you to go out there, take no prisoners, have no regrets, have no fear. Lay it all out on the line. Because if you don't do that, The Rock is going to find your friend, Mary Poppins. He's going to take her umbrella. Yeah, he's going to shine it up real nice. He's going to turn that something sideways and stick it straight up your candy asses. There's your advice. Straight out of the jabroni beating, pie eating, trail blazing, eyebrow raising, entertaining the globe never hotter, talking to two rejects from Harry Potter. So that's how you went over the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> that's a clip taken from the new movie Fighting With My Family from director Stephen Merchant, who also wrote the movie, mm-hmm. who also was executive producer mm-hmm. and also stars in the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's getting a great reaction based on a true story. Yep. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Um, I was skeptical, but I'm obviously Stephen Merchant's involvement intrigued me because I think he's a, a very talented actor and... You know, very talented producer. He's done a lot of good stuff. And when I heard the story of uh, apparently The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who also produced this film, I believe, and stars in it, he saw the documentary on a plane. And he obviously, Stephen Merchant, and he starred in the movie The Tooth Fairy many Mm -hmm. years ago. And he rang him up and he said, listen, I've seen this really cool English documentary about wrestling. And that's how it all started. And Stephen Merchant then went off, watched the movie and said, yeah, we got to make a film about this. And that's why these guys are on the big bucks, because it's a great story. It's heartwarming. It's uh, dramatic. There's, you know, rocky elements. There's, uh, you know, fish out of water element, coming of age. It's a really good story. It's funny. And I enjoyed it immensely. And uh, they did a great job. He did a great job directing it. And the actors in it are fabulous. Nick Frost plays the father. And um, Cersei, a.k.a. Lena Headley, plays the mother Mm. of these two wrestling children. And it's brilliant. Really good film. I enjoyed it. Lisa? Absolutely. Loved every bit of it. Is it the comedy that makes uh, the it comedy, enjoyable to the watch? Comedy, like it's, it's, just, it's just funny. Like Vince Vaughn is brilliant. Yeah, Vince the Vaughn. Rock is brilliant. Stephen Merchant is brilliant. <coughs> His wife, I don't know the actress <laughs> yes. that plays her, is brilliant. Yeah. Everybody who's in it. The kids are great. The I shouldn't say kids. They're probably like 20-something. Yeah. But um, to me, they're kids. 
And I think the the troop of 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 actual kids that they have that they're training and oh my god, your man Paul, whatever his name is, his name isn't Paul, the guy that was in Paul, the guy that's in everything. Nick Frost. Nick Frost. Nick yeah, Frost. Couldn't yeah. think of his name. Um, he's also he's classic Nick Frost. Mm. Yeah. Everything that comes out of his mouth is just is just genius. Effortless genius. Effortless genius. Yeah. I okay, love it. Okay, so give us the story. It's based <coughs> on this. Basically, there's a family who are wrestling mad. And it's based on the true stories, as I said. And there's parts of the, the feature film at the end, they show clips of the documentary that is based on it. And there's fact, like dialogue for dialogue from the documentary of these real people talking. And they're a, a, a wrestling mad family, WWE, you know, the mm. Rock and the Undertaker from Norwich or somewhere, isn't yeah. It? And they're mm-hmm. from a, yeah, they're from up north. And um, Norwich f- is hardly north. Uh, well, it's north enough. <laughs> You're on the wrong <laughs> island there. <so>. And, uh, <laughs> Norwich is not up north. It's, no. it's 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 over near Bath. Trust me, I've been there. Okay. And uh, actually, there was a scene where the street. And I was like, I've been on that street. Bath and is in Somerset. That's in the south. Sorry, never mind. Go anyway, on. Anyway, uh, this is not a geographical show, people. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So they, they're, they're wrestling mad and um, they grew up with wrestling. The father's wrestling mad. The mother's wrestling mad. The two kids are wrestling. When I say the two kids, there's, there's well, there's actually three kids. Three kids. One's oh, the elder son who's in prison for losing it and he mm-hmm. used his wrestling skills and he hurt somebody and he's in prison for GBH. And the next thing, the, 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 the daughter in the middle who is a, a, you know, she's a goth, you know, dark hair and the lip ring or the nose ring or whatever and she's, you know, uh, a bit gothic looking, but she's, you know, a very pretty lady, and but she's big into wrestling. And her brother is a brilliant wrestler. He's just excellent wrestler, and they do wrestling shows, and they train people and teach people. And they go for tryouts with the WWE in the Millennium Dome, and they're wrestling, and they're doing their moves, and all the jumps, and the fighting, and whatever. It's very choreographed, mm. but it's a lot of energy in the thing. And the the girl... She gets picked to go through, to come to America, to train, to be in the junior leagues of the WWE. And the, the brother, her brother, who's a better wrestler, doesn't. And she's the only, and, and he, he's broken hearted and he's down in the dumps and, you know. He's not so much a better wrestler. No, but he technically, technically, technically he wrestles better than her. But <coughs> she's got this, she's got magic. She's got a spark. She's got, spark, she's yeah, got yeah. star qualities. And, mm. you know, Vince Vaughn is like, yeah, goodbye. And. This Vince Vaughn is brilliant in this. Brilliant. He's this talent scout who kind of says, look, you're cut. Okay, there's 20 people in the room. And he's like, okay, I'm going to call your name. And if I call your name, that means you're through. And he calls her name. And she's the only she's name. She's the only calls. name that calls. All oh, right. Everybody's and, cut. And this happens in real. So she goes off to America. It's all teary and she's nervous and going over. And then the, the pretty girls in America are all bullying her. And mm. then it turns out that they're actually not bullying her. They're just nice people. But mm. And they're trying to you know they have kids. And... She finds her way and the brother back in England goes down the bad road, bad rocky road, road a bit because he's depressed over this. Okay. Mm. He has a kid with a, his girlfriend and she becomes, long story short, she becomes this, in real life, she actually mm. became a WWE rock star with Wayne, Dwayne Rock Johnson and everything and she made loads of money and it's a great story. And, and then she had to retire last year at the age of 25. Well, you know, wrestlers, they get injured and whatever. Mm. But it's, it's, it's actually really well directed and really, you know, uplifting. Yeah, absolutely. I loved every single bit of this film. I, there wasn't any part of it that you were going, oh, God, this is kind of a bit fake or this is a bit cliche. Or, there was none of that. It was, uh, it was very real and it wasn't, it wasn't raw like the actual film The Wrestler mm. it didn't go down that route mm. but it still had you could still see like the amount of work that goes into becoming a wrestler like it as they said it's not fake it's fixed yeah so that's it's scripted thing. it's scripted mm. yeah so like you know the moves are coming show. 
exactly. <laughs> you know the moves are coming, but um, and but and you can get out of the way. But the, the, like the moves are still dangerous moves. You yeah. know, they're, they're still, you could still kill somebody. Yeah. So it's still still dangerous. It's still wrestling. But there's some great scenes in great it. That, you know, uh, when uh, they have a blind kid. Yeah, they learning yeah. to wrestle. Like it's just so cute, and he went on apparently, according to, to the actually end of the movie, become a wrestler, become a professional wrestler, and he's a blind kid. And in the movie, he's you know they're driving around the van, they're like picking up these kids off the street, and yeah. you stop dealing drugs, and you're a blind kid, but come on, come with us, yeah. we'll teach you wrestling, we'll keep you safe, we'll you know camaraderie and stuff, and they're all rooting for this girl, yeah. mm-hmm. and she comes back in the middle after the Christmas break, and she's thinking, I don't know if I can do this, and they're all like, No, no, you have to do this for the family. Like, we need you to do this because this is the dream and everything. Mm. And it's very uplifting. And the lady, what's her name, Florence Pugh, I'm going to say, the, the actress who plays the, the, uh, the, the, the lead lady in this, mm-hmm. or girl, she's brilliant. Oh, my mm. God. Movie star of the future. I mean, wow. And I saw, I saw her on uh, Film 4 being interviewed about this. Mm-hmm. So prim and proper and, you know, <laughs> lacy blouses and you know really posh talking and I was like what an actress because I wouldn't in a million years place her because her accent was so good her physicality her look I mean chameleon brilliant excellent first movie for Stephen Merchant as a director on his own yeah without Ricky yeah without Ricky they did Cemetery Junction together which wasn't bad no no, no. Um, but yeah, good job overall by Stephen. Yeah, he did a good job. The man is talented there's no doubt about it and uh, for me it's Three and a half stars for me, for sure. Mm. Solid three and a half stars. Okay, Lisa? I was going to give it three and a half, but I actually think it was one of the most entertaining films I've seen all year. So, And I've seen a lot of movies this year so mm. far. So I'm going to give it a solid four. Can't afford marketing personnel for your business? Don't worry. Just head over to gkmedia.ie where you could have your very own professional marketing team for less than 100 euro per week. Check out our marketing solutions packages by visiting gkmedia.ie. Okay, there you go. That is Fighting With My Family Out in Cinemas. Now, next up, we're taking a look at the aftermath. During the war, did you ever hope for a German victory? I wanted to go back to how it was. I miss my wife. She died in the firestorm. Didn't tell me what I was walking into. This isn't how it was supposed to be. None of this is how it is supposed to be. Please don't go. I have a job to do. Well, that's a clip taken from the movie The Aftermath from director James Kent, starring Kieran Knightley. Lisa? Yeah. Okay, that's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jason Clark, who is, a, I think, a great actor. I think he was in a Terminator movie as well. He was. He actually was the, ter- the new Terminator and the last Terminator that is being erased from canon. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. starting it from, from yeah, following he, on from Judgment Day. He, he was in yeah. a lot of things. Or Judgment so. Day. Judgment yeah, yeah. Day. Isn't he Australian? 
Yeah, he was born in Australia, yeah. And Alexander Skarsgård? Skarsgård. He's a great actor. He is fabulous. He's brilliant. Everything about him. He's underrated. Like, he hasn't broken through as he should. I mean, he did the Tarzan movie, which was a bit meh. That could have been his big vehicle, but yeah, he's in this. Okay, so World War II movie, British colonel and his wife were assigned to live in Hamburg during the post-war reconstruction, but tensions arise with the German who previously owned the house, which, of course, is... Alexander, Alexander Um Couldn't really find that much information about the movie. Saw the trailer and I kind of felt that I knew the story yeah. from start to finish. You did. Did I? All right. You did. Yeah, you did to a point. To a point. Yeah. There's yeah. a few moments in it where are, there are a little bit of unexpected moments in it. Yeah, but at the same time, I was wishing for a twist at the end. Yeah. And I the, really was. There was moments in it where I was literally... Uh, you know the moment in the car yeah. at the night time I literally was like okay tick tick there it is yeah. I knew I could just <laughs> see it happen before it even happened you could hear it when the car was yeah, going that yeah. you were like yeah that's going to be a boom but I have to say it, it you know <coughs> we've all seen enough World War mo- mo- 2 movies to yeah. sink a battleship here um, pun intended but but we had never seen one like this. Yeah, this is there's a there's a there's, there's, a, there's a differentness to this. It's five months after the the Germans um, surrendered, mm. and you're in Hamburg, which was decimated. decimated. There's a, the opening scene. The opening shot is a a bird's eye view of bombs just going boom, 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 and the and then the city is just a shell. Yeah, and uh, Kira Knightley is on this lovely train arriving, and um, nice little bit of exposition. There's a little boy reading a book with his mother on the train and he's reading like you shall not you're about to enter a uh, enemy territory do not for for what's that word and the, the mother has to phonetically say fraternize and his little boy and Keira Knightley's sitting there kind of listening to this and looking out the window and then she arrives and there's a little bit of tension between her and her husband immediately they're not as affectionate as yeah. you would imagine mm. you know there's people throwing there's their a arms backstory. Around, yeah there's people throwing their arms around each other snogging and then they have a little kind of a awkward kind of a kiss and a cuddle hello Lewis you know, yeah. and uh, Lisa, <laughs> you go from there. Okay, so Jason Clark is the the captain in charge of, or the colonel, yeah. the colonel, yeah, um, in charge of the the how the reparations after the war, <coughs> and there's still a lot of tension between the Germans and the allied the forces, allied forces yeah. obviously. Like, and it's already divided into the Russian zone and the okay. the US UK zone as well. Um, there's a lot of um. Oh, there's a lot of a lot of rubble. Yeah, and there's a lot of people. A lot of dead bodies buried underneath there. Yeah. and that is kind of it's something that's unexpected. I think in the film mm. that you think this is going to be like a smooth Kira Knightley movie. It's going to be just a love story, <coughs> but then you've all this other stuff going on with the actual like guys with the eight, eight on their the arms. eight eight, which is the, the symbol whole, that they yeah, had yeah. for eight is the eighth number oh. of the alphabet, yeah. a letter eight of the letter. alphabet. So H H. So eight eight was the. Cold. And they burn it into they their burn arm. it into their arm as a symbol of Heil Hitler. Yeah, and these guys were like the underground, and then the likes of Alexander Skarsgård was a was an architect. Was an architect, and always the dreamy role that they portray people as as <laughs> architects in every single rom com, even yeah. in a World War Two movie. I thought yeah. that was like very on the nose. On the nose. <laughs> So Kira Knightley goes to the house and she meets Alexander Skarsgård and um, his daughter. And the daughter doesn't even look at her; she can't even stand her. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> the, also, the staff are there. In, like the house is stunning, mm-hmm. by the way. This house is just—it's <coughs> beautiful. Yeah. And it was his wife's family home, and his wife got killed in the one the night of the 
the bombing, the great yeah. bombing, yeah. big, yeah. the big, big night. Yeah, the big night. Yeah. Um, so like he's he's getting over his wife, and she unfortunately is also getting over the death of her son or their son, should I say? Who was only was he eleven? Yeah, or ten yeah. or eleven, and he died. Ten or eleven I- back in England back in a bombing in as in well. The bombing as well. So yeah. there's a kind of a mirrored effect of grief. Yeah, and of course their marriage is very much affected by this, and yeah. it's. That's where it kind of gets this dramatic tension of, you know, they're trying to repair their marriage, but and every attempt at reparation is not taking. Yeah. And they're trying to, you know, have a, you know, uh, trying to rekindle their sexual relationship. But, uh, you know, there's moments where they're flirting and and she's like, oh, lock the door and, you know, we're going to have a bit of how's your father. And then he's like, take it away. And then the phone call and, you know, there's a a riot and I have to go. It's always working. And she's like, there's a scene where, you know, she's got her, her, the strap of her nightie is down on her shoulder and they're about to get busy and he kind of puts it back up and kisses her on the shoulder and runs away. And, you know, that's not a good thing to do when your wife is grieving and you're trying to put things back together. So he goes off. And then, of course, she strays. She does. Mm. They do. They do. They do. Two people in it. Uh, well, no, he wasn't cheating on anyone, but he was, you know. But going back to what you were saying about it, <coughs> excuse me, it's different to what our, oh, what we've um, seen before. Is, is is that because we're seeing it more from what it was like for German people after the war, just from uh, but normal But you rarely Joe see Sobs. it from a German, that's what I'm saying, you rarely see it from a German mm. perspective mm. because they just totally didn't do anything with anything with the war for forever. If like up until like the nineties, maybe I think that's mm. when they finally started making. But movies I believe about this it. film. I believe this film was partly funded by German uh, arts um, organizations, oh. and um, because it does, it humanizes the Germans. As I mean, we all think of the Nazis, and people forget that the first country the Nazis invaded wasn't Poland; it was actually it was Germany, Germany. You know, so yeah. um, it humanizes them. The staff are there, and their people, yeah. and there's kind of human moments where. There's a piano in the house. The piano yeah. plays a big thing, and he, he, his, it's his house. And the, the the British have taken over the house, requisitioned the house, and then they're going to get sent off to a to a, um, a camp. But uh, Jason Clark's character, he has a he has an affinity. He's like they're just people. You know, we won the war. The war's over. Stop bitching and moaning. The war's over. And he says, "Look, you can stay in the house. You stay upstairs, and we'll stay downstairs." Mm. And at the beginning, Kira Knightley is like, "I don't like this at all. It's not what I was getting into, mm. and all this kind of stuff." And um, scary scene where his his um, he has a cigarette case with pictures in it and an engraving that goes missing and the daughter of mm. Alexander Skarsgård who played by this beautiful little actress yeah um, she steals it and she's kind of hanging around with these 8-8 eight, eight guys yeah and there's a little subplot there but it doesn't really come to much but well apart from <laughs> you man dying in the end well yeah but it, it's <laughs> but it's a very subplot it doesn't have mm. a huge bearing on the main yeah. plot of the story but he he confronts her in the series and said, I, I, you know, Frida, something is missing of mine and I don't know, do you have it? Like, you know, he's basically accusing her. And you're waiting for her to talk about it and she just goes, into his face and freaks him out and freaks the audience yeah. out. And she walks off and you're like, that's a typical teenager reaction to foreigners coming yeah. into your house. And she's yeah. just, but, you know, um, it's, uh, it kind of humanizes the war very, very much. Is yeah. it a good romantic drama? It is quite good, but I still I felt like there was like something missing that I needed a plot twist at mm. the end. I really, really kind of wanted him to have been a bad guy. 
you know, that he would turn around. But everybody was a good guy. I mean, if you think about I it, Jason know, Clark you know was I mean? the guy who got but his he heart was, broken. But but he was um, cleared by the British. He got his papers and he got to stay and he didn't have to go to the camp yeah. and all that kind of stuff. You wanted a Tarantino movie. I wanted a Tarantino <laughs> movie. He wanted somebody carving a squastic into their head at the end. <laughs> That's what you wanted. Maybe I did. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so there wasn't a twist at the end and there wasn't the happy ending that we expected. But mm. you do get a happy ending. And it is, you know, it was it was the ending that was sufficient for the movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Out of five? Three. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to give it a three as well. Yeah. Okay, stay with us. Up next, we're looking at what is happening in the world of entertainment and showbiz this week. Last week on the show, we were talking about Derry Girls hitting TV screens. Channel 4, you were right, Lisa. Thank Good you. On March the 5th. And uh, I got to watch it last night. Dave, did you see it during the week? I know, Lisa, you didn't. I, I did. know, sadly, I recorded it, though. Yeah, it, I, I watched it indeed, yes. Um, and I saw the entire first series as well. Mm. So, um, you know, it's uh, meritorious. The first season was quite good. It was refreshing, yeah. bright. Um, it had a kind of a moon boy vibe. And it had a bit more political weight than that. Um, nostalgic and, you know, what have you. But... Obviously, you know, can't really judge a book by its cover in terms of just one episode, but the w- it was a bit of a damn squib. Yeah, it wasn't great. It was a bit of a damn squib. Yeah. Uh, it opened well. The opening scene was good in the bath, and it kind of went, okay, and then it just went yeah. downhill from there, and it was just very formulaic and... Predictable. Pr- extremely predictable. They were doing this piece where they had Protestants and Catholics in a hall, and they were trying to get them to kind of bond <laughs> and form a relationship, and they're like, okay, what's, what similarities do Catholics and Protestants have? And everyone just kept coming up with differences. Yeah. yeah. But it went on and on. And it was so predictable that that's the way it was going to go. But I found this time, uh, and there was only, what, six episodes in the first series, I could almost predict what each character was going to say before they said it. Because, I don't know, are they so one-dimensional? It's You know exactly what joke is going to be thrown yeah, in by Yeah, I mean, who? the jokes are, do- like, for example, uh, Tommy Tiernan's character, who plays the father of one of the lead girls, he he and his father-in-law constantly, like, if he says, I think I'll have a cup of tea, the father will inevitably go, I don't want a cup of tea. It's yeah. always contrary to whatever he says. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. a joke that was going on in the first one. And now they they did, like, six of those jokes yeah. in this episode. It's like, okay, we get it. There's a, I the father hates like, him. No yeah, matter yeah. what he does, even though t- t- the character that Tommy Tiernan plays is a really good father and nice guy, no matter what he does or says, his father-in-law will do the opposite and it's like okay that's a joke you can't milk that joke every five seconds I mean yeah. when Dougal says these cows are small and those cows are far away you can't reuse that joke five times every episode mm-hmm. otherwise it just gets stale yeah and it, and they were doing that with many characters yeah. throughout the one episode but anyways we'll wait and see hopefully it'll take up a yeah, bit I of mean, momentum it, it, I don't want to you know be downer on it I, it's, it's just we were so hyped up yeah. because when the first the season first came season out we the first season was so good, about, yeah. and um, you know, obviously, one of my uh, Oren Moore compatriots is in it, uh, Nicola Coughlin, and she's very good, and she's very good at the accent and everything. But um, the characters are a bit flat mm. in terms of they need more, they, they need, need more, more, they need to grow, they need to grow, and they need mm. more, more room. But there's potential there, and I'm not not giving up on them yet. Yeah, fingers crossed. Will Smith is done playing Deadshot. Reportedly, he's being replaced by Idris Elba in. The Suicide Squad. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Did, did you not see know Suicide that? Squad? Uh, I didn't didn't really want to because everyone dressed up as your one for Halloween, and I was oh like, yeah. I've seen the movie. Then, yeah, you know, I yeah. did see it, and I thought it was 
It was meh. It mm. was very, um, you know, big MacGuffin. We have to get to this place to stop this guy doing this thing and unleashing, unleashing whatever MacGuffin that this movie has in it. So it was a bit meh. Lots of origin stories overdone. You know, they didn't really move no, much in the movie. Didn't. And you know, <laughs> the, kind of just the one street. There was no, yeah, there was no. There was a lot of potential wasted. A lot mm. of great actors. I mean, Will Smith playing Deadshot had huge potential. I mean, there's a movie in that on its own. I mean, people yeah. aren't familiar with Deadshot, some might say. And then <laughs> I'd say to them, well, had you heard of Iron Man in, 19, in 2007? Did you know who Iron Man was? No. Mm. Now Iron Man is bigger than Superman. And, you know, Deadshot is a really cool character. Will Smith is a really cool actor. There was, there was something to be had there. And they wasted it on overdoing the CGI and it was too dark and too br- too many stories. Too grubby. You're too grubby. Too mm. many subplots of subplots of subplots. Mm. I was like, right, we don't need all this. We need a clear story here. And the problem with the DC universe, in my opinion, so far, the the pl- overall plot is real macguffin 1980s. This cup is the cup of power and if he fills it with tea, the world will end. <laughs> so we have to stop him from getting the tea into the cup. And it's nonsense. Yeah, it's like yeah. enough with the MacGuffin-y stuff already. Oh, there's a huge difference now between what Marvel, Marvel and, and DC, DC are bringing out. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, even in the, the subsequent DC movies, the, what do they call them? Something boxes. You know, in the uh, world boxes or something. Not. And then Marvel do it better. They do Infinity Stones. Oh, yeah. So the Stone oh, okay. of Soul, the Stole Stone and the Soul Stone and the Power Stone and the Time Stone and he gets the glove and they're all in different places and they have a bit of Myth, mythological whereas the the DC writers are like right lads we need a MacGuffin mm. go to the MacGuffin drawer and see yeah, what you yeah. got nonsense right yeah I don't know really is it a good move for Idris Elba to take I think it Idris Elba needs a new agent because he's a fabulous actor but he has not made the right decisions mm. he and he was to be the next Bond that was the rumour a few it, years ago it's called a rumour that yeah. doesn't mean it was going to happen would you like him I as was going to be the next Bond yeah, at Dave, one point I've always been interested to know your opinion on that uh, who will the next Bond be you won't know who it is no, but would you have liked would you have liked him to be um, taken up to? Um, yeah, I think he'd do a good job. I mean, I. D- but you think it's an unknown that they're going to bring next time around? I think if if I was a producer of the next Bond movie, because Daniel Craig was an unknown, then he has done a great job. And when I, when I say unknown, like he was a working actor mm. making his living, but he wasn't a movie star. No, he wasn't. People are saying, you know, um, Tom Hardy and Killian Murphy. I'm like, no, they're far no too way. big. They're tar- no. far too famous. Yeah. A bon- and uh, <coughs> what's what about his name? that guy, Superman. that fox guy? Is, is there a fox guy? Not oh, sure. No, the, there's a guy from Game of Thrones that they keep throwing out. Oh, Richard name. Madden, who is, yeah. is, he played the, the bodyguard in the BBC oh, show, yeah, yeah. The Bodyguard. He's a potential because mm. he's the right age, he's the right look, he's a good enough actor, and he's n- like Richard Madden's name is not famous. No. He's not a famous actor, so he's a potential. However, Game of Thrones has elevated, even though he died in season three of it, Game of Thrones. But mm. I think it won't Thanks be. Thanks for ruining it. I was about to start. Ah, watching. spoilers! <laughs> it's been in the it's been in the public domain, yeah. uh, Tracy, Sarah, Lisa. God, <laughs> I had that. I had that same meeting again today. God and damn it! This Sarah person needs to be eradicated <laughs> from your mind. Um, but. Um, the thing is that, uh, that who the Bond is going to be, they do this speculation every, and Bond fans just go, <laughs> I don't care. Well, until the announcement is made by Barbara Brown. The people are saying it's the movie's going to be called Shatterhand. Yeah, and she's saying and no. She, it's, it won't be Shatterhand because it could I be... I thought a, you said it was going to be Shatterhand. No, I said it, but it, subsequently she, uh, Barbara Broccoli, who is the producer, she signed somebody, did this mock-up of the poster. I know Barbara, she's Cubby's daughter. <coughs> there you go. Mm. And she signed it. She's a cousin, Sarah. She signed it and <laughs> said, not, it's not, and put an arrow down to this. So oh. it could be misdirection, it could be 
they're playing the whole, you know, do you remember when Money Penny came back mm. and it wasn't revealed until the end of the movie that this her name was Money Penny? Oh yeah. So they're trying to do all this yeah. t- anti-Twitter leaking of information and stuff. Are we going to be watching the uh, <coughs> final <coughs> season of Game of Thrones? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I haven't watched only one episode. I got to, Are you joking I got to me? Season I'm sorry. Three. I just uh, didn't have the security, time. Security. We have an intruder. I what didn't do you have t- the time. Find the time. It's like a soap opera. Do you watch soaps? I used to. I give okay. them up. If if somebody has a soap opera in the background and like he's shouting at her or whatever, I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Turn it off. It's nonsense to me. But if you know that he's her brother, sister's uncle, and then he did this and she did that, and that's why they're shouting at each other, then you're gripped by this. That's mm. why soap operas do so well. And Game of Thrones, first few episodes, like, what's this? Is mm. you know, snow. and then it's like episode season. Then you kind of go, oh yeah, they're brother and sister, and they're dead. oh yeah. And next thing, it's five o'clock in the morning. You're like, one more episode, one more episode, <laughs> and you're in, and you're hooked. And people like, see, I'm kind of afraid that might actually happen, but and then I'll never actually get up. But it, people are like, "Oh, I, I want to do a recap," and I'm like, "No, I know every in and out of that move, that series, and who's who, and what's what, and who did what to whose brother's mother's father's uncle's dog, back in the day." So right. when this new season comes up, it's I literally can't. It's going to be the biggest TV ep- event of the season of TV. I think maybe. Okay, stay with us. We have a couple of more news items that are on the agenda. Can't afford marketing personnel for your business? Don't worry, just head over to gkmedia.ie where you could have your very own professional marketing team for less than 100 euro per week. Check out our marketing solutions packages by visiting gkmedia.ie. Okay, there's a, a new movie coming out with Alec Baldwin that oh, we all kind of watched the trailer of. Yeah. And it's amazing. We're big fans of Back to the Future and of course DeLorean played a big part, focal point <coughs> in the movie being the yeah. time traveling machine. This looks like a really interesting docudrama uh, framing John DeLorean where Alec Baldwin plays John DeLorean but also it features archive footage and it just seems to be put together really, really well. Really imaginatively. Mm. Like it's not your standard fare like this is a clip of him doing his thing and a voiceover and a bit of text and in 1984 he did this and this is gone. I'm really excited about just mm. the concept of a docudrama. a docudrama that's just really well made and with the likes of Alec Baldwin in it, it you know it's going to be. And saying that John yeah. DeLorean, the, the image was misconstrued, that the John DeLorean we know <coughs> um, possibly was a different person to the real guy. Yeah. Well, we didn't know all about the, the stuff that was going on, all the shenanigans that were going mm. on in the background. Yeah, but I mean, the iconography of the car being like a terrible car, but famous because it was really good looking and the hype around it and the marketing around it. And it's literally one of the worst driving cars in the world. And has a horrible engine and a horrible oh, gearbox. It flies. And it, it brings it back to the 1950s. Oh. And, but, um, but it has <coughs> wings. Mm. It wasn't the first car to have wings. Okay. But it, it was such a good story. And he was ambitious. And he did lots of deals with uh, Margaret Thatcher and in the North. And, you know, mm. it was it, there was lots of shady dealings to be done. Like, mm. And um, it's really salacious material. Mm. I cannot yeah. wait. Yeah. And one would wonder if he wasn't kind of caught by the FBI, would he be regarded years later as a brilliant entrepreneur? Probably. <coughs> probably. I mean, if he'd you probably be president of America at this stage. <laughs> yeah. If he was so inclined. If he yeah. was just a bit less, uh, you know, trusting of people in hotel rooms with hidden cameras. Mm. I mean, <clears throat> if you look at the likes of Donald Trump now and the videotapes and the audio tapes of him and, you know, we've heard, all heard them, you know, when you're famous, women let you do this, that and the other. We've all heard the tapes. But, like, even five years ago or ten years ago, that would instantly, his career is over as yeah, a politician. Yeah. So in the 80s, 
he, you know, he was trying to get money together to pay his payroll. He wasn't, you know, trying to, you know, do seriously bad things. Bad things. He wanted to keep his company mm. going. Yeah. And I guarantee him, you know, you ever meet a billionaire, there's going to be some skeletons in the closet. Yeah. You yeah. know, and he just got caught in the first of its kind kind of sting. The mm. first of its kind. So, cannot wait to see it. We all love a rogue story anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so Framing John DeLorean is the movie Alec Baldwin playing him. Now, Oregon is hosting the last surviving blockbuster store on Earth. Oh, is it? Yeah, the is second last one closed in Australia during the week. Wow. So, there's one left. Uh, blockbuster Video opened its doors back in 1985 with shelves full of VHS and Beta Max tapes. And wow. Streaming services kind of just... <laughs> it's hilarious to say that because I've spent... Last week, I was watching BHS tapes. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the com- work, is the, it? No, the company... Yeah, the company I work for, they have their 25th anniversary coming up next month. So I'm the multimedia guy in the company. So we found these VHS tapes and they're like, oh, they gave them to me. And I brought them home and I got my old VHS tape out, uh, player out. And luckily, I have an old enough flat screen TV that has a scart lead. Got my scart lead out, plugged it in rewind play couldn't find the remote control so I had to get up <laughs> like a dinosaur and press play and rewind and eject and I had to sit through hours of VHS footage really badly shot out of focus no lighting it was terrible <laughs> so good riddance Blockbuster yeah, and you know I, I think the same camera people are out there it's just the um, the cameras are better yeah <laughs> I mean it hides the bad camera yeah, work I was one of those cameramen with a bad VHS with myself four inches of Vaseline on the lens for all the detail you were collecting how is the Vaseline on the lens there? to make it's it smoky yeah but it's it's. Um, do you do that? Yeah, you use Vaseline on the lens to it's an to effect. To make it ethereal. Kind of cameraman, are you? Yeah. yeah. A tight is what I yeah. heard you could do. A tight, like a woman's tight. And it yeah, that that's one way, but if you don't that's have one. one if you don't have that, you didn't use yeah. Vaseline. Vaseline. But it it. Damages, you're you're it bound it to have one or the other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Maybe both. <laughs> I don't know what you do with the weekends, but, you know, anything can happen. But, I mean, it was funny you say that. But is the shop, is the shop, like, still, it's still functioning? Open. It's still functioning? Who's yeah. walking in there renting VHS tapes? I think it's it's just this couple who have it. Yeah, uh, and are just holding on to it for uh, nostalgic somebody, somebody reasons, needs, but it's not actually generating. Somebody needs to go in there and just preserve that as a historical, you know, demolition man style exhibit to go into. <laughs> just literally pick the whole shop up, put it in a museum, and go, "Hello, kids! This is how we used to do it. Used yeah. to go, I want to get the new movie. It's out on Friday. Go in and oh, it's all out of stock. <laughs> and you go, what? And then you have to walk around for an hour and pick yeah, Goonies or something, yeah, yeah. Uh, or something crap. Not Goonies. Yeah. Goonies no. isn't crap. But you no. know, you have to pick something. And go, oh yeah. And there was we'll no watch tra- this. There's no trailer or or you know, five star review from us or IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes. It was just, hey, look, it's an Eddie Murphy movie. Let's get it. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. Yeah, sad but true. Yeah. Uh, locally, offline film festival has announced its second six month. Animation Residency, which sounds uh, really cool. It kicks off in May and uh, culminates in a premiere of the work then created at the Offline Film Festival in October. Uh, Up to three animators will get the chance to spend six months working in Burr on their latest passion project with ongoing mentoring as well as visual and audio post-production services from award-winning digital studio Piranha Bar. So that's a brilliant initiative there from Offline for animators. I I guarantee you... Fair play to the Guarantee you they'll they'll Mm. they'll have talent coming out of there. Like world-class talent coming on there because uh, they awfully know what they're doing. 
despite mm. the fact that they're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. They know what they're doing. Fair play to the faithful. Burr is a great place actually go on a Sunday. Burr is a great place. Walk the gardens of the castle. I mean, we, t- we take oh, yeah. the mick because we're Galway people and yeah. we're snobby, but Burr yeah. is a good spot. Yeah. And yeah. Awfully, awfully, they're good but it's got the there. observatory and everything. It's yeah, class. And they always, they always come up to the Galway Film Flag. We mm. all, we've all worked on. I mean, they come up, they make their presence known. They have the crack. They know what they're talking about. Mm. You have a chat with some of these um, uh, awfully uh, film people. They know, you know, you kind of think Ara, they're playing football in Hurling and they're nothing about film. They know what they're talking about. So yeah. it's great to see and uh, I guarantee you we'll hear more. Absolutely. Guarantee you. And finally then, Screen Ireland, formerly Irish Film Board, has announced the uh, latest uh, funding applicants, the those who are successful in applying mm-hmm. for funding. A writer-director, Lance Daly, is set to follow up on Black 47 with The Wild Atlantic Way, for which he received 30 grand in development funding, I'd say. Uh, Lee Cronin, who is the hole in the ground, which is out at the moment, he's received 27K for Box of Bones, uh, 50K to Lenny Abrahamson for his next production. Ashley Walsh received 50K for her latest project. Uh, Treasure Entertainment, they got quite a bit of funding for a variety of projects, so uh, fair play to the gang there. Uh, five animation projects also mm. included in the development lineup. Uh, Ross Whitaker, who did that brilliant Katie Taylor documentary, yeah, uh, he's gotten 15k for a project called Beating the Bookies. That's development funded, but oh. that sounds uh, I like the title already, it yeah. has me yeah. hooked. Yeah, it's a good start. And production funding, uh, 100k went to uh, Alan Maloney for Windmill Lane, a feature documentary. and. Um, I think is Alan Maloney the guy who did the one on meetings with Alan Maloney is the guy that made um, oh the one with Kerry Katona the show band show movie yeah. TV show okay yeah. okay yeah. isn't he isn't that I, sh- I should know that I worked wasn't on he, show bands too wasn't he parallel or paragon or parallel films wasn't he parallel I think so yeah I think that's him I, don't know, I, I could don't be completely wrong Maybe no I think you're right but, but um, it's great to see but my one of my bugbears there is you've heard, a lot of those names are familiar names mm-hmm. how how wh- where does the next generation come from do you know what yeah well that's a press release as well so maybe well, they're yeah, just putting out the names, the names of the yeah but i mean it's 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 a difficult enough business to crack into and mm-hmm. if there's a scheme there for by the government to encourage talent there should be a cycle you know who's next you know who's the yeah. next lenny abrahamson he he is an oscar nominated director he shouldn't. He shouldn't need to get fifty grand funding I from know, the but film board. Thing is that if they know that the movie will make money, they're the ones really you want to invest in. Yeah, but back. but you know the whole point. It's public money. It's my money. It's your money. It's Some Lisa's of mine. money. And you know, it's <laughs> but it's our money. We pay our taxes, and then the government go here. They give it to a successful filmmaker. Successful filmmakers should be able to go to production companies that are financially viable and get their money there. The public mm. money should go to. The next, the up and coming talent, you pass through, you get your help, you get your foot. You can't always be dependent on the state. Yeah, and Mm. then you move on. You move on and you get your. I'm like, you know, we get our education. But it's 100K. It's not huge money for what would probably be the final budget, though. If you give me 100K, if you give me 100K, I'll give you a feature film. Yeah. With your help, of course. But (laughs) if I can get public funding, well, then maybe. No, but like 100K, you know, I mean, look at. look at 100K. What's your man's name who made In our world is huge money, but if you're making a film for 10 million. Pilgrim Hill was made for five grand. Pilgrim Hill, feature mm-hmm. film, yeah. award-winning feature Jared film. Barrett. He made it for. He went into the credit union. He said, "How yeah, I need to borrow. A car. I can't do his wonderful accent. I, I want to buy. I want to buy a car." He got borrowed five or six grand from the credit union. Yeah. He didn't buy a car. He bought some equipment, got some pizzas for his crew. My cousin, who is a 
very well trained actress she was in the film and she said he was brilliant and he had a vision and he went and he took his five or six grand and he made a film and he won awards now he has a career yeah. he's working for Channel 4 he's not going back to the credit union and going hey I need to buy another bigger car for 20 grand I need to get Tony Collette to make Glassland no no he went to the place where productions are made Channel 4 they have money they have advertisers that's where the cycle of industry is it's yeah, I know what you're saying but I've been in Cannes as well and I've been on the, the fancy yachts having the meetings and you as an Irish producer when you go the first thing they'll say is oh have your own Ministry of Culture or your own film board have they come behind on board to support you and if your own kind of film institution hasn't come on board to support you well then they're like well why are you talking to us as UK or German filmmakers or French or whatever. Mm. It is, unfortunately, it is that status, certainly within Europe, that you need to have your own. Well, that just shows you the power of Hollywood because, uh, you know. Well, Hollywood is just you, the studio Europe, does it. Yeah, but European film is still the poor, poor relation. Poor relation of, you know, can I, please, sir, can I have some more? We've got 50 grand here and my mother's given me a tenner and I hoovered the couch yesterday and found two euros and. You know, the film board will give me 50 grand. Oh, grand, we'll give you another 50 grand. And you scrimp mm. and scrape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you can still make good good stuff. But, you know, I just, I have a little bugbear of the same group of people getting their funding every year. It's a cycle. And that's not what public money should be for. Mm-hmm. Okay. Spot on, Dave. Interesting debate. Certainly one I think we should come back to again at some stage. Indeed. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and, and I will say that there was... Maybe we should have a group excursion to Cannes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did meet a uh, a director before who was talking about her movie and the producer actually got 35 different funding bodies together to get the finance to make How the irritating and it wasn't even credits a huge the opening titles yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The opening titles. Oh, there's nothing worse. This was <laughs> produced in association <laughs> with, by, no, the worst with, Yeah, but the worst thing is they can't just have, you know, a title card that lists them all. They all have to have their intro with their the globe or some dude with an arrow and yeah. a in association I with ABC. I a movie that had like at least seven oh, of those. Yeah, and I, I was like, this is a feature film with like seven of these guys yeah. with, the, with the shooting arrow yeah. and the tur- turning yeah. thing. And then you're like, oh. Yeah. I mean, I love it when it's just like, and you go, I'm in safe hands here. You just go, I'm going to get a movie. I'm not going to get a hodgepodge of weirdness or, you know, somebody with, with you know, doesn't know how to use Or the lion. Oh, the lion. Yeah. Memories MGM, from Dublin. <laughs> from Dublin. Apparently, the yes, next Bond born movie, in Dublin. Apparently, the next Bond movie, there, uh, U- United Artists are reforming, so it's going to be distributed under the United Artists. You know the Ooh. UA, the old UA thing. So cool. all Bond movies were distributed by United Artists or MGM, and then Sony got in, but now it's going back to MG- to United Artists. Apparently, Class. that's going to be the distribution group of whatever, whatever. I like it. Okay, look, lots more info, insight. Discussion, controversy, debate, all of that on uh, next week's episode of Just Like in the Movies, which will be the final one for Series 3. Thank you very much, Lisa. Yes, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I was going to say thank you very much for listening or watching. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but then I said, I'll actually thank you first before I do that. But it wasn't that I forgot your name, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Not again. <laughs> thank you very much for listening to this podcast or for watching the video on YouTube. Lisa Tracy, thank you for joining us in our studio here in Galway. You're very welcome, Gary Kelly. And you, Dave Coyne, thank you as well, sir. Pleasure as always. And uh, we hope to talk to you or be part of your life or whatever next week uh, either via audio or video don't forget you can now tweet us J-L-I-T movies tweet tweet is our Twitter handle or you can email us movies at gkmedia.ie until we talk to you next week take care bye bye bye